This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. I'm Helen Farmer on Afternoons with me, Helen Farmer. We were out of the studio and broadcasting live from Arabian Ranch's golf club with House and House. It was, of course, a property special. Speaking to the industry insiders who specialise in exactly this area, the facilities, the amenities, why it is one of the most desirable places in Dubai to live. And it was Jasmine Bernard of Kashwani Law Firm talking about everything from buying to selling, the legal loopholes and the steps you can take to make sure you get the result you need. Plus, talking all things motherhood in light of a platform launching that guides new mums through self-reflection and getting the expert help that they might need. It is a wonderful time of the year, but it's also can be an incredibly stressful time of year when we think about balancing the juggle, the struggle. And I say this as a as a working mum whose daughters are very close to me right now on their iPads as I work, because we are between childcare right now. Hurry up, mum, she's getting on the plane in a minute. Um, we are talking common struggles, of course, in motherhood but and parenthood, really, but mostly the mums. Um, and, of course, offering up some solutions now with Dr. Ava Gethemi, the clinical psychologist. She's in private practice here in Dubai and is the co-author of Mother Good, which is an online self-paced learning journey to help mothers find the good in motherhood. She's also crucially a mum of two when we are talking about parenting or indeed any kind of paediatric problems. I think it's better when we've got an actual parent on hand who knows there, knows the struggles, has been there. How are you, Dr. Ava? I'm good. So good to be here. Thank you for joining us at Raven Ranches. We're not in the studio, we're in the sunshine. So um, I really do appreciate your time today. I know it's the first week of the holidays. How are the, how are the kids? Where are they today? They're at home with play dates and a wonderful nanny that's helping take care of them. And uh, yeah. It's very busy right now. The last week of school has been absolutely hectic and wonderful. Lots of festivities, but you know how it is. It's Just hectic. Lots of multitasking. At last week, I was feeling really conflicted. I was like, I can't wait until the holidays. And then the holidays are coming going, oh my goodness, I don't know how to juggle this. Also, I've told the kids they can have presents or they can have camp. They can't have both this year. <laughs> I'm sorry. There is not the money palm tree growing in the back of the garden right now. Um, tell us a little bit about why you have a special interest in motherhood and some of the very common, very normal challenges that, that can come up, Doctor. So the interest in motherhood came obviously after I became a mother myself. Um, it was really eye-opening um, after having my first that nothing ever prepares you for this harrowing mm-hmm. experience. And being in practice and in our consulting rooms, my colleague Madeleine and I, who co-authored this uh, program with me, we came to the realization that moms are lonely, moms need lots of support, and there isn't very many places that moms can go with the exception of, of course, therapy and reading books and talking to friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes, depending on who you talk to, you're going to get contradictory advice. Oh, I mean, I think that I, I'm a big believer that most people can benefit from therapy and having someone impartial yes. to talk to. I think where it gets complicated with parenthood is... If you do have a problem, a lot of people obviously want to help. I'm just trying to think of an example. Okay, yeah, let's use sleeping as an example. A lot of people will rush forward to give their advice, often really well-meaning, but it's such an individual thing. A lot of people really want you to take their advice as validation for their own decision. Does that make sense? I think everyone feels quite insecure about their parenting decisions, whether it is sleeping, co-sleeping, you know, breastfeeding, bottle feeding. I mean, oh my goodness, there are just choices at absolutely every turn. 
And then let's throw in the expense of therapy. <laughs> you know, there's no getting away yes. from that. <laughs> yes, yes. We're very well aware um, of that it's not a privilege that everyone has. Um, and most importantly, moms need help, moms need support. And tools, just some simple tools. They don't need, most moms don't need a stringent parenting approach or a stringent, rigid rule around how to raise their children. We all want to do the best we can. Um, and it just sometimes helps to have a li little bit of support to look at ourselves uh, with, mind mindfully look at ourselves to see, okay, where have I been? Where am I now? And how do I want to be? So we can freely choose how we want to be as mothers. Um, we're going to come to kind of some solutions soon. I wanted to ask you first about some maybe normalizing some of the common challenges that you get women coming to you with. Just for people listening today, I've already had a couple of messages on this topic about the struggle, the juggle, the obstacles. Um, what are some of the issues that you've had? Have you noticed any patterns? Helen, the main thing, the main story that I can combine multiple, uh, without breaking privacy, multiple, multiple stories that we can combine into one. It's a typical story of... Let's say Anna, she goes through a pregnancy, it's her first child, she wants everything to be perfect, she has all these plans on how things will be, and of course, as you know, none of it goes as planned. Mm -hmm. And she comes home with baby, and she's on her own, most likely family is not around, and... It's really, it can be really, really isolating. It can be a really lonely experience. And of course, with motherhood, there's also a lot of joy. There can be gratitude. There can be a lot of um, uh, it's, love. It's an emotional roller coaster. Yes. And then you throw some hormones in the mix. Yes. I remember just being in the first few days of bringing home my first daughter so scared, so scared mm -hmm. to put her in the car, to walk around the streets with her in the buggy. And I really remember going to like a, like a kind of community weigh-in. One of the midwives had said, oh, we're going to be in this room and anyone's welcome, da-da-da. And I remember, I remember, I put on my Spanx and my dress and I was, you know, put on makeup and I was like, okay, we're going to do this. And I got in and she was like, can we just, you know, Helen's baby's only, I think, five days old and the youngest baby in the room, well done, Helen, da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, hmm, I'm winning. <laughs> and then went into the back room to have her weighed. And I remember her putting her hand on my mm. arm and saying, it's okay to be at home in your pajamas, mm. watching Grey's Anatomy, having a cry, and I mm. lost it because it was like permission that it's it's okay to be tearful and scared. Yes. And I've never felt that a heightened emotions in in the weeks and months after motherhood for the first time, ever, ever. So you've got Absolutely. your work cut out. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Right, we are going to go to the text line next. If you've got any questions you want to talk about, anything you are, of course, struggling with on the motherhood front, we'd be very, very, very happy to hear from you. We're going to be talking about some of, yes, those common challenges, but also the way that mums can have their hands held, you know, guided during these situations. We are broadcasting live from Arabian Ranchers Golf Club today, joined by House and House. It is, of course, in the heart of the Arabian Ranchers community. And we're overlooking this 18-hole, 72-par, desert-style grass course and about to have some lunch. Um, so there's loads happening here over the festive season. They've got gingerbread making, um, in fact, today and tomorrow on the 18th. There's a Christmas Eve dinner, Christmas Day dinner at Nazar's Aussie, where we are right now, and loads of New Year celebrations. Talking motherhood now with Dr. Ava Gassimi. She is a clinical psychologist who's in private practice here. She's a mum of two and is the co-author of an online self-paced, what she calls a learning journey, called Mother Good, helping mothers find the good in motherhood. And I think 
I think expectation is a really big part of this, Doctor, about we have this idea, or we see on Instagram, you know, the cooing baby and the mum who's bounced back and, you know, the da-da-da-da-da. And then we look at look down at ourselves and we're like, well, I look like a deflated balloon and things are <laughs> leaking and I haven't slept properly in weeks and I'm worried about my relationship. I'm worried that I'm not doing a good job. And then that gap just feels even more brutal, which is a message that we've got here from Jenna saying, the hardest part of being a mother is not knowing if you're doing a good job. That's it. It absolutely, I, I couldn't agree more. I think most of us come into it with a bit of perfectionism and I think learning how to have more compassion for ourselves, to be more mindful with our own emotions around parenting and to actually learn to connect with ourselves in a way that is more encouraging instead mm-hmm. of discouraging. So when these thoughts come up about, you know, am I being good enough? Just kind of recognizing that this is just a thought you're having and that doesn't mean that it's true and realizing that it's a very shared experience that everyone goes through that. I think we, we do forget that though. You know, and that's a big part of why I started writing about motherhood, you know, when my daughter was just born is that everything I saw was super shiny and I was a disaster. Not a disaster, that's not true. I, I, I was, I was just was, but I wasn't connecting with anyone in terms of social media and things. And I was like, other people must be feeling like it, but it's it, it's very hard to be vulnerable because you feel like if you speak up, if you like if you ask for help, then you are a bad mother. That you you know that you haven't got that you know elusive maternal instinct. That you feel like you should know how to do all of these things, and no one does no, really. No, I don't think we were ever meant to do it on our own. I mm. think we were always supposed to have a village around us and community around us. And that's one of the biggest challenges, I think, that when we live in such a wonderful place that is so incredibly dynamic, the downside can sometimes also be that we need to be super careful and actually make sure that we stay grounded. Now, Helen, when I first moved here, like I always wanted to travel and make the best out of the time. And now that I have kids, I actually want to stay put. And Mm -hmm. we were just talking about this Mm -hmm. earlier, just staying put, grounding, connecting, and really having community and family. What are some of the challenges that you've, I know you've worked internationally as well, but are you, are you seeing anything in particular with expat or UAE-based mums that you perhaps haven't seen in other parts of the world, Doctor? That's it. I think one of the biggest ones is around uh, how dynamic this place is and how transient it can be. Mm. I think I think what we really need is to be able to have stability when it comes to nesting, when it comes to motherhood, when it comes to parenting. We need to have that consistency, that safe place to always come back to, a community to go back to. And then the other really big challenge, which is really common in many expat places, is um, raising our children with with nannies mm-hmm, and, and, and navigating that relationship, that relationship on its own. And I know you've spoken about this a lot. I have, because and I, I have for a number of reasons. And I, um, one is, I don't think people acknowledge the help they have enough. And I mean, admittedly, my children are in the next room because Loretta, our nanny, is on holiday right now. And we I, do the best we can. I, I look back and I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> Saying yes for Christmas. <laughs> anyway, she's having a lovely time. My parents don't arrive until tomorrow. So yeah, they're inside. Um, but normally, I can't be at work if it wasn't for Loretta. And I think it does a huge amount of people disservice when you don't acknowledge what amazing right-hand women you have because it makes people who you know, don't have help think that they can do it all. And then it doesn't credit the women who are there helping, making, you know, kind of making it all happen. But in some ways, it makes things easier. But I would say, and this is something I've 
talked about kind of at length, it is a complicated relationship for a lot of people. Yes, it can be really challenging and I think it really comes back to our own experiences with our own early family relationships and the way that we relate to our nannies can sometimes be very similar to the way that we related to our families in in childhood and I think that awareness is really important. If we walk around always feeling like, you know, we're going to be criticized or someone is watching us or we're going to be worried about how they're doing their job and having Mm -hmm. trust issues for example Mm -hmm. these things can sometimes be patterns that are really really old I mean Loretta's been with us for over nine years now but is it you know at the beginning I, I, I'm open to admit that I was really jealous you know I went back to work when my daughter was three and a half months old and to think that I might be missing some of her key moments was was heartbreaking. I mean, we are broadcasting live from Arabian Ranches with House and House. We're going to be speaking to the industry insiders after three o'clock today. Um, we've had a message from Anonymous saying he wants to support his wife more. Uh, they've got a four-month-old. She's go back, about to go back to work, but I feel like I can't do anything right. And we're going to be talking about Mother Good, this self-paced journey that um, parents can take themselves on, finding the good in motherhood. Great to have you with us and great to be joined live from Arabia Ranches with Dr. Ava Gastami, a clinical psychologist. She's in private practice. She's also the co-author of an online self-paced learning journey aiming to help mothers find the good in motherhood. And it is called Mother Good. Uh, she's also a mum of two herself. And I wanted to I wanted to know where do you even begin with this when we think about the plethora of, of issues, of struggles, opportunities, you know, just how your world is transformed when you have a baby. I think women in particular are are completely transformed on a cellular level. So when you're putting together an online program, Doctor, where did you begin? We started with trying to help moms connect with themselves and trying to help them understand themselves better. And uh, really starting with some really um, useful tools uh, and information around how to think about themselves and how they feel, how they think, why they might be feeling the way they're feeling, where that might be coming from, trying to understand their own attachment history, um, and really we used material from research, material we use in therapy, things that were helpful for ourselves with various different cultures and having moms in the UAE in mind. Mm-hmm. We should be really clear, this isn't about replacing therapy. And I know when exactly. so, some people, um, myself included, you know, postnatal depression is, is is significant. And I went to the doctor and I had medication for years and I have no qualms about talking about that. But when things are more serious, um, this is you know this is when you need to go and see an expert face to face and take you know get a proper treatment plan in place but what this is addressing here is very much the the normal struggles and juggles um when you can be doubting yourself and going is this normal um so you've brought together some some amazing experts as well how did you select who you wanted to work with and what are some of their specialties so the program has been authored by myself and Madlena Van Hannen, who's my colleague of uh, nearly 10 years. And she's been in the UAE for over 15 years. And together we've been in practice for combined 30 years of experience. And both of us are moms. She has three. I have two. Um, so we used a lot of our own material. But we also drew from a lot of wonderful resources and references, such as Kristen Neff, who is a a self-compassion expert. And one of the main things that we feel mothers really need is some really 
useful tools on how to apply the material to themselves. How, how do you practice mindfulness, self-compassion in a, in a way that's not too um, woo-woo, if you will? Yeah, not, not too woo-woo and not in a way that's going to make you feel like you've got something else on your plate when you're already feeling overwhelmed. Absolutely, absolutely. So really easy to follow, really gentle, really... Uh, light. So what does it look like in practice? So let's let's say I, before the Dubai rumor gets going, let's say I am pregnant now, I am not pregnant now. But let's say, you know, I'm due to give birth in, say, I don't know, two months time. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, let's, let's get some things in place that might be able to support me. What does this online platform look like and how do you hope people engage with it? So it could be used as a gift. It could be you can you can sign up on your own. Um, it's really um, affordable. I think it's only around 140 or 150 dirhams, um, and it basically you just sign up online. You go on the website and you click on motherhood on aureliapsychology.com and you go on motherhood and you sign up. And then there's videos that you can watch in your own time. It's completely self-paced, um, and there's uh, handouts. We have for example exercises around asking questions about what was what did you learn from your own caretakers what did you learn about comfort and care it's really a journey into your inner self so it's mm -hmm. not so much about the practicalities of parenting and bedtime and routines and things like that but much more about the emotional inner world of you as a mother and um, helping helping guide you yeah We've had a message here, anonymous message, Dr. Ava, and that's absolutely fine. Um, no worries, leave your name off. Um, message saying, um, I want to support my wife more. Uh, we've got a four-month-old. She's about to go back to work after Christmas. We're trialing a nanny, and it's going really well. But I honestly feel like I can't do anything right. Feeding, nappies, putting them in the car seat, etc. I'm not sure what I'm asking, but it's starting to really get to me. I know we are talking about mums in particular, but I think it's really important to acknowledge the whole family unit and, and how that dynamic changes. Yes. For this... This dad, this husband here. Yes. Um, what advice would you give to him? I think a good start would be just a little bit more patience and time to let things get settled. I think it's not unusual for or also dads to go through postpartum anxiety and postpartum blues. Absolutely. It's not just moms that go through that. So being patient with yourself and knowing that you are a good enough dad and you're doing the best you can. So trying to talk to yourself rather than trying to get um, affirmation from your partner that you're doing great, but to just self-talk in a positive way. Um, and also um, really helping uh, mom get some time to herself to get a break and uh, be able to walk away and step away. I think delegate and handing over and really accepting that this is sometimes required to, to ask for help and co-parent and let nannies and partners help. It can be hard for a lot of moms. Mm -hmm. They want to do everything themselves. So really encouraging some me time, some relaxation time, some time for mom to just with herself and no one pulling at her and no one asking for her would oh be. my god the pulling at her <laughs> I think the sensory <laughs> overstimulation yes. is a, a, a topic for another yes. day but it's very real for a lot of parents absolutely I always used to joke that if my kids hands were covered in ink that I would be you know covered bl black and blue by the yes. evening <laughs> yes <laughs> my daughter yesterday we were walking around the mall and she there's a little song which is I'm sticking with you because I'm made out of glue and she was literally like <laughs> holding onto my leg as we're walking around I was like can we just hold hands you have to be like literally stuck to the side of me <laughs> so yes the overtouch the overstimulation is is yes. very real but I mean I would just say is just keep showing up I think a lot of people yes. um, a lot of dads having spoken to them through the show and also you know in, in, in personal life 
have just felt really pushed away and mm-hmm. not felt good enough and mm-hmm. you know, and get to this point where they go do you know what if that's what you want then fine and ultimately they can don't you know, give up don't give up it can be a lot of lot of resentment um there um what would you do if you were going to go for number three um or your advice to your best friend if she came to you and said oh, I'm, I'm having a baby how would you do things differently or what do you wish you'd known I would be so much kinder to myself. I would just take it so much more easily and and let go of trying to control everything and all the outcomes. I think we can just do the best we can with what is in front of us. There's no need to think about all the different things that can go wrong in the future mm-hmm. and just staying present and really just trying to embrace that I'm not going to get to repeat this. I actually, speaking of it, I will not go for number three. I'm happy to publicly <laughs> announce this. <laughs> not that anyone cares, but <laughs> me either. For what it's for, for what it's worth, I just I, I think about having three, and I'm like, yeah, yeah that's another plane ticket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But they are the kids. Honestly, you know, I sometimes are, when I look at old pictures and I look at the, their childhood, I sometimes think about, wow. There was no need to worry about this and that. There was no re- no need to be so anxious about um, what they're wearing and how they look and you know all mm-hmm. these little or things. Or how we look. And, yeah, exactly. I think I'd be exactly the same. That kind of kindness. Yes. And I know in some cultures, it's you know staying at home for forty days, and that's that's not you know not not something I grew up with. But mm-hmm. I think what I wish I'd done and what I would do again is you know stay in bed for a week. Yes. Be on the sofa for a week. Yes. You know heal. Rest. And, you know, and, and rest because we're, we're so quick to try and be out there and prove something to ourselves or prove something to other people that um, we don't get that time back. Just stay in that baby bubble for as long as possible. Um, I've had a couple of people asking about the course. So let's end with that mother good um, for, in terms of accessing it, in terms of mm-hmm. gifting it. What's the what's the best way of getting in touch with you, Dr. Ava? Uh, you can contact me on Instagram, Dr. Ava Psychology Geek. Um, but <laughs> say that again, because it's such a Dr. Ava. Dr. Ava. Psychology Geek. <laughs> Love it. Um, but more importantly, you can go on um, AureliaPsychology.com, and on the top right, you're going to see on the tab uh, Mother Good. You could click on that, and then the sign-up process is super automatic, very easy to follow, um, and. Yeah, and then you can um, offer it to friends and family, anyone who you think would benefit from it. And we are releasing one journey at a time. So this first journey is mostly focused on childhood experiences and helping moms understand their own background and how that shows up in their own mm. experiences, moms. It's interesting. And yeah. we're going to have more coming in, in the future. And lastly, for those moms who are listening now, whether they have a baby is a week old or, you know, 10 years old, um, when it comes to finding licensed medical health professionals any signposting we can do there in terms of obviously yourself but any other communities that you'd like to highlight absolutely hopeful.com h-o-o-p-f-u-l-l.com is a first online directory of licensed health professionals and mental health professionals who um, are all um, wonderful clinicians, many of whom you've had here on your Good. show um, and who offer really good professional services and it can help uh, people find the right therapist for them. Thank you so much, Dr. Ava. Speaking to us, clinical psychologist from Aurelia. Um, absolute pleasure to have you all with us.
Joining us to lift the lid and offer her expert insights on exactly where we are, Arabian ranches, is Talia Bessa. She is senior sales consultant specialising in this beautiful part of town. What a nice office we have today. How I are you, know. Talia? So nice to be here, Helen. Now, you've been working really hard on, well, I mean, the timing couldn't be better, an area guide that you can get on the House yes. and House website now. Um, and I think it's pro- probably a bit of a labour of love because it's such uh-huh. a large and popular area. Yeah, it's an amazing place to be working and yeah, it's, it's been a really uh, exciting time. Well, we drove in and I was like, oh, I could feel my shoulders <laughs> dropping. Um, I've got friends who live here and, you know, they talk about this idyllic idea of mm-hmm. cycling to school with their kids. Yeah. Not year round. Right. Yeah. Um, how do you describe it? When you think about Arabian ranches, wh- which words come to mind? Which demographic comes to mind? I think it's a really amazing family community. Um, I feel like, you know, when you come in here, you don't feel like you're in Dubai anymore. You feel like you're, you know, somewhere else. Um, you know, it's just so green and there's just so much beautiful greenery around. And yeah, it's just got a really beautiful feel. So it's a pleasure working here. It's an easy place mm-hmm. to live, I think, for an awful lot of people. I mean, yeah. we've seen... Why aren't these people working? People on the golf course right now. <laughs> I know, <laughs> a beautiful lake. Gorgeous lake. People downstairs, you know, having lunch. And I think when I first moved to Dubai, which was a long time ago, um, people thought about Arabian ranches being very much on the, the outside of mm-hmm. town. And I think that perception's really changed now. It's Definitely. a case of, you know, it's super, you know, super accessible. Um, and I think one of the questions we've had, um, we, we, which we will come to in a minute, mm-hmm. Kat, it's just the kind of the idea of different identities within the community of yep. the villas. So maybe you could talk to us, given that you've just written this guide for Australia, yes. <laughs> about some of the different communities within Arabian ranches. Yeah, well, look, there's 13 sub-communities, so I feel like wow. there's just such a range for everyone. Um, so some areas you would say are a little bit more Mediterranean, so like the likes of Miradola Collection or Mirador or Alvarada. And then there's the Sahils, which I would say are a little bit more, let's say, contemporary, modern. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there's a lot of people, you know, doing a lot of um, renovations to the houses here. Um, well, that's a good that's a good point, actually, because mm-hmm. obviously they've been built in stages. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these villas, I'm sure, have been, you know, let out you know, year on year. Yep. And now we're seeing a lot of people who previously rented now looking to buy 100 percent. so is that the case in arabian ranches as well 100 percent. i'd say most of my buyers over the last you know two to three years have been people that have been living in the ranches for many years um you know fell in love with it and mm. then they're like you know what it's Let's time to it. buy and you know have our own home here and how does it work then with the with the renovations is it a case of asking for lots of permissions yeah. or do you have a bit of you know a bit of free will over it yeah, look, it's um, basically you, you get your NOCs from MR, you um, obviously get your permissions. Um, I think, you know, the renovation boom has been huge in the mm. in the last you know year or two, definitely. Um, a lot of people are doing that throughout Dubai and ranches as well. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, the process with MR, I think, is very straightforward um, in terms of, you know, getting the right contract or whatever else and then being able to do your renovations. And people do it all the time. I was mm. driving through ranches the other day and there were, you know, a lot of work going on. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think when, especially in Dubai, when properties get to a certain age, that kind of like 10 to 15 mm-hmm. year mark, people go, okay, now we're going to do this and we're going to do it properly and that's yeah. going to take a few months and then and then we can get in. 100%. We have got our legal expert joining us after four. We've had a number of messages asking about when you buy a property, mm-hmm. how does it work with giving you know notice to the tenant mm-hmm. in, a, in a proper fashion? Um, but we've had a message from Kat saying, which communities are closest to the schools? Yep. So I would say um, the closest communities to the school is about Savannah, Savannah and Mirador. And then there would be Sahil 3 and 4, and then also Alma um, being in the townhouse community as well. Okay, Kat, hope that helps. Um, which I guess we're going to come to next about, is there any availability? It's one of the most <laughs> popular places 
in town as we said you know myriad reasons but lifestyle being being the main one definitely um so if you've got any questions joining us um we have got talia Bessa. if you've got any questions for her you can get in touch on 4001 you have got the app of course you've got the whatsapp too uh, she's senior sales consultant for arabian ranchers with house and house and the area guide is on the website now so if you fancy having a nosy you fancy doing it with your own research in your own time go for it otherwise you're more than welcome to reach out and ask anything specific about buying here in arabian ranchers Joining us in our beautiful outdoor sunny studio, there's a lovely breeze, there's people on the golf course, it's a vibe, it's a vibe in the ranches. We have got senior sales consultant from House and House joining us, Talia Besser. So you're a popular woman this afternoon. We're oh, going to try amazing. and get through as many messages as possible. Um, no name on this one saying, um, re-ranches, are there any or many three beds around? Yeah, definitely. I think depending on what you're looking for as a buyer, there's options for townhouse three bedrooms, three bedroom plus maids. And then there's also the independent villas in, you know, Sahil, Savannah, three bedrooms starting as well. Can we talk money? I've had a couple of masters <laughs> asking about price range. So is, is, is three bed the kind of the smallest configuration as such? And then it goes up to, I don't know, it depends on the renovations people are doing. Yeah. So for the independents, the three bedrooms is the starting. So three bedroom plus maids. They're um, actually a really good size. They're anywhere between, you know, 3,200, 3,300 starting for Seals Manor. And um, yeah, then for the townhouses, actually, there's two bed plus study as well. So there's a, a smaller, a smaller layer that you can townhouses the three bedrooms are there's a few options that you can get which is great because I think that's usually what most people are looking for is at mm. least a three bed and then going to the top end yeah. of the scale up to seven bedrooms wow yeah gosh so type 12 do you I know I know mm. you are obviously a bit of a I don't want to say super nerd on all things ranches <laughs> but do you get people who are like I want this type and I want this configuration and I want the garden to be here and we're not interested in seeing anything else it makes my job easier I bet and people are like that you know and they're just like this is what I want and find it for me I'm like great let me find it <laughs> well let's talk about that because we've had message here saying but what about availability because mm-hmm. we know that you know great place to be right now um, in terms of uh, well, wanting to get, well, there's a Christmas party going on downstairs, um, in terms of wanting to get in. So are there any, um, what's the availability like now? As a company, as a team, Arabian Ranchers team, we have about 53 listings available oh, wow. live More online. I, I know. And um, then there's off-market options as well. So if you're looking for anything off-market, definitely get in touch with us. What um, do you mean by off-market? So there's options that we have that might not be on the website. So okay. we have them as, let's say, a, a listing that's not live as of yet. Um, so we're selling them on off-market basis. Yeah. So where I grew up was this kind of little, little tiny little village mm-hmm. and nothing ever went to market. Oh, and wow. people, Things were sold by people putting notes through doors saying, my granny lived here 50 years ago. If you oh, ever think about that. selling, give us a ring. I which is how we that. sold ours. Yeah, yeah. Not regulated, but you know, <laughs> back in the day worked very well indeed. Um, message is um, asking for what price range. So mm-hmm. let's, let's let's talk that. Yeah. We, we know it's obviously a really popular, it is boom time. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about price range here of in course. Arabian Ranches? Of course. I'd say from your smallest layouts, let's say you're looking at about starting price two and a half now. Um, and then, you know, to your bigger properties, you could be looking up to, you know, 20 mil, let's say. Wow. So there's a huge range. And I think that's amazing because as a buyer, you can be looking for, you know, the smaller range or you might be looking for the higher range. There's just a lot of variety for the for the consumer. And what are you seeing the kind of the most popular 
price points being? Where where do you feel like you maybe even running out of stock because that's where people's comfort level is. That's where their yeah. where their budget is. Uh, I think it also comes to like maybe where the loan abilities are as mm. well. So you know, I'd say obviously when you're buying and you you want to put a twenty percent deposit, you need to be under the you know five mil mark. So there's maybe buyers for that range, the townhouses, mm-hmm. and then the smaller independents, or you know the you know anywhere from up to ten. Yeah. Um, asking here about any any off plan property opportunities in Arabian Ranches. So not Ranches One, um, but Ranches Three. There is still options for for off plan, and then there's obviously some you know EMA options for for here, but not off plan. No. Okay. This is the thing that like, this is so well established now. When mm-hmm. we look at you know the landscaping, we look at the schools being in place. I mean, you know, there's the Hamptons Cafe around the corner. We're broadcasting live yeah. from the golf club. You know, this is. This the is, place to be. This is the place to be. You know, it's. But then it's interesting to think about the the what next, the where next, I mm-hmm. suppose. And having that Arabian Ranch's name attached to two and three, yeah, it's a real vote of confidence, I think, for a lot of buyers. Yeah, for sure, because this has been such a huge success, Arabian Ranches. So same with obviously Ranches two and three. Now I know obviously this is your baby. However, mm-hmm. when we think about other communities that might be comparable for a family lifestyle, yeah, um, how do you think Arabian Ranches is comparing? I'm thinking about you know Victory High which is yep. really, really popular. Uh, Damak Hills, you know, further out there. Dubai Hills at the minute, I feel mm-hmm. like everyone's, I mean, it's my favourite mall. Um, <laughs> so how do you think How do you think it compares, Talia, with your expert hat on? Yeah, look, as I think every community in Dubai has different appeals for everyone. Um, as you just said, like the Dubai Hills Mall, like that's a huge driver for people that want to be in Dubai Hills. Obviously, it's that little bit closer to the city and things like that. But I think the difference is, is people and why people sometimes say I only want Arabian ranches or maybe I only want Dubai Hills is, you know, Arabian ranches, you do get the bigger gardens. I think that's a mm-hmm. huge selling point because obviously the older they are, same as maybe Victory Heights. Um, and some, you know, some other communities as well, um, where you get, you know, larger space sometimes. Okay, last question yes. to you, Holly. For anyone that's listening, going, all right, guys, that sounds lovely. <laughs> I, I am down. Um, what advice would you maybe, you know, give your best friend who's, you know, finally in a in a spot or has arrived in Dubai in a position to buy and is looking at Arabian ranches in particular? Mm-hmm. How do you start to identify which sub community, which layout is for you? It's a really good question, Helen. I think, you know, it depends on what you you need personally, maybe for your family, let's say, the space that you need. Um, Your kids might go to a certain school, so you want to be in a a certain area, you want to be closer to the gate, let's say, to get in and out of the ranches. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, another thing would be, do you want something that you can, you know, that is modern um, and you want to, you know, buy something that's turnkey or are you happy to do maybe some work yourself um, Mm. if it's not, I guess. And make some friends with people in different configurations and start inviting yeah. yourself over some Christmas parties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, Tali, with your permission, if anyone wants to get in touch with you directly, whether it's to pick your brains or, of course, you're talking about, you know, 53 properties on the book right now for you and mm-hmm. the team. Um, what is the best way of getting in touch? Yeah, get in touch via, you know, House and House website, of course. And, um, yeah, get in touch with us for sure. We're, we're ready to help. If you want to send me the word ranches, I'd be very happy to connect you guys. And uh, Talia's area guide for Raby Ranches on the website now, which is a brilliant head start for doing your research on um, coming here, living here and enjoying, I have to say, a real slice of <laughs> expat living. It's just gorgeous. Very jealous of the people down there on the golf course right now. Tell you, Beth, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Really it appreciate it. Senior sales consultant in Arabian Ranches. If you want her details, just send me the word ranches. We're going to be talking about family life here. Uh, we're going to be talking about you know, that's community spirit, the schools, and yes, a bit about the food as well. It always comes back to that. 
It is a family affair here at Arabian Ranches this afternoon. My kids are inside. I mean, I could lie and say they're, you know, drawing and colouring, but they've been on their iPads for the last hour or so. And Hannah Darby joining us now, Senior Sales Consultant at Arabian Ranches, and you've brought your baby. I did, Congratulations. Yes. How old is he now? He is five weeks. Oh, he's just the most gorgeous little dot. He is just <laughs> lovely. So... Huge congratulations, Hannah. I mean, thank you. Absolute rock star. Um, now, we've stolen you away from your home, which is just around the corner in Rabian Ranches. Yeah, I didn't come too far today. <laughs> Tell us a little bit, because you live you live here, you work here. Um, what is it that you love about ranches? Um, location, you're close to everything. Marina's 20, 25 minutes away, downtown. You've got all the main roads to sort of get you everywhere. It's a secluded community. It kind of feels like anyone that's from the UK or Canada or America it's like a village mentality mm. so you've got your community centre you see everyone doing their Friday shops every week so you see the same faces over and over again that's lovely actually it's such a nice place to be I was just saying as we drove in I was like oh this is nice you know <laughs> which, I know yeah. which is a really hard feeling to try and explain but I think for a lot of people you know it's it's aspirational for a lot of people but it's also really comforting um and everything's here you know we've, we've had messages from um cat earlier asking about which sub-communities are close to schools so which schools are around in arabian ranches so the one that's in arabian ranches is jess jamira english speaking school um again across the road you've got safa you've got rgs i'd say dubai land as a whole arabian ranches is the hub to mm -hmm. any major school Mm -hmm. So that's why it's so popular. All the roads link you directly to all the main. Schools. And then just down the road, in fact, Brighton College, you've got having an event here this afternoon. Yep. You've got, you know, you've got, you've got Brighton. You've got Bloom. Um, you know, Eurepton's. You know, it's it's it, all here. Everything. I think with, within reason, everything's sort of 15, 20 minutes away, yeah. depending on school traffic, of course. But well, right now it's not a problem. <laughs> it was a breeze. We'll be catching up with traffic in just a few minutes. But yeah, I have to say now that the schools are are, are out. Um, so what about you know? I drove past Hampton's Cafe on the way here. We're at the golf club today. In terms of facilities, it always comes back to food with me, Hannah. What, <laughs> what, what's close by, some of your favourites? Within the ranches itself, we've got all your fast foodie bits um, that everyone likes. We've got the Hamptons. Um, there's a couple of like Carlito's little um, restaurants just opened. We've got the golf club. We've got Maison. That's just within the ranches. And then you just cross the road and Studio City. You've yeah, got Maine. Maine. Love the main. So good. Love the main. Irish Village. Exactly. Do you know, I literally just talked about the main yesterday. I was like, oh, I haven't been so in ages. Nice. It's brilliant, it's isn't so it? Nice. it? But it, then just down the road, you've got Dubai Hills Mall, which has got all of the restaurants, you know. Mm -hmm. So foodie, whatever you want is here. That, okay. So in terms of what's popular, we were just chatting with Talia earlier, and mm -hmm. I know you're on maternity leave right now, but I know... I know what it's like to be on maternity leave when you love your job, which is like, oh, I'm kind of keeping an eye on what's going on. <coughs> um, what's uh, what's popular right now when you think about whether it's demographic or sub-community, floor plans? What's what's in, in hot demand right now? Property-wise, in demand, I think people just want, like the three-bedroom independent, I think, is your middle of the road. Mm -hmm. What everyone sort of fits, everyone good budget, not too expensive, not pricing people out too much mm -hmm. um, people are wanting the renovation projects right now so the standard stuff is probably a bit more affordable for people that can then do it up bit by bit themselves that's not interesting because for a long time everyone you know it's like okay I'm gonna whether it's buying or renting you know want to you know move in not to do a thing but I think what that really speaks to is that people are feeling a lot more invested about staying here for longer and longer yeah 
No plans to go home? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> so my parents arrived tonight and I am so waiting for the conversation. And I mean, I'm really lucky that they, they still live in the Middle East, so they, they know what a great life it is. But my mum will often do like, so um, any plans? No, Babs. No. <laughs> do you think I'm going to go back no. in December? And absolutely uh, not. Absolutely not. But I think this, I mean, this is just a shining example, isn't it, about just how lovely life can life can be and having guests here at this time of the year to be able to say you know go out to the golf course for you know a great breakfast in terms of that you know that community center what about kids I mean you must be looking at it with completely new eyes now tell me about it I mean it's a whole new world for me only five weeks in to motherhood but Mm. but still you know a lot of my clients that I've dealt with over the years here a lot of reasons why they would choose the ranches is community thing for the kids you know they've got the golf course they have the kids lessons down here they're having a camp on right now exactly it's a bouncy castle behind me looks great (laughs) they have like school fairs on netball teams they've got a little bit of everything like football teams they've got the play parks every community's got the pools and stuff so people gather around together what you said before about those friendly faces i think is so key because and actually we're just talking about motherhood earlier today about feeling like you've got a support system in place Mm -hmm. and that might just be a familiar face when you you know do you do your shopping or ideally having this neighborhood where you know maybe your nannies are friends maybe it's a case of you know having a you know halloween street party and we think about moving to a completely new country and city and it being anonymous but when you're living close and your friends are you know your kids are are mates in the play park it becomes a community really quickly massively massively and i think that's really important for expats coming to dubai whether it is arabian ranches or one of the other established communities you because you are an expat and you're away from family and away from friends those connections within the community are made much easier Mm -hmm. with other people in similar positions kids the same age people want to have those connections and build them together so you know they're not alone really I guess now there's a lot of competition coming up I think uh, I think we can just say the obvious that ranches is definitely one of like the OG you know desirable communities Uh Um, do you think that's always going to be the case? Always. I think if you compare the new build communities, well, you can't compare them, in, mm. in my opinion. I think the, the established communities like Arabian Ranches, Victory Heights, Jamira Golf Estates, Meadows, they have something that all of the new build communities lack. That's greenery, it's space, it's privacy, all of that. I think you just can't get with Dubai Hills, mm-hmm. Talal Al Gaf. They're nice, they're new, they're shiny, and their facilities are fantastic. And there'll be a demographic that will always like those communities. But this is like home away from home, and I don't think you can get that anywhere else. You've put it perfectly. My last bit of advice: if if we are, if you're doing your job right right, right now, people going, oh yeah, fancy a bit of that. That sounds great. <laughs> Where to start um, in terms of doing a bit of research? Just you know, chatting with Tali, who's written that area guide, which is on the mm. website now but is it a case of coming and getting you know boots on ground researching the sub communities chatting with people what would you advise for anyone that would love I mean, to love to get into here pick pick your agent go on the house and house website pick someone that you like the face of and then <laughs> because you're not going to know anything about anything yeah. get them to do the groundwork for you that's what you're paying us for at the end of the day we'll take you to all the sub communities we'll not show you 20 things in each community because you will be ready to blow your brains out mm-hmm. but what we'll do is we'll show you a little bit, take you to the golf clubs, the community centres, get a feel for each location, and then each visit you'll 
refine that down and then you'll find where you want to be in the end. Lastly, um, Hannah, we've had a message saying we have friends moving over. Is it possible to property hunt from outside of the UAE? Absolutely. Zoom calls, you know, in COVID times where we're doing everything on video. So we can Zoom everything. We can do video viewings, the lot. It's easy peasy. We can do so much digitally now thank god i know and then you can come over and shortlist whenever you're here i used to work in property and we used to have the the photographer and he'd go out bless him taking pictures of all of them and i'm like oh kev (laughs) whereas now you know got a fantastic fantastic camera right in your pocket um and with your permission if anyone wants to get in touch with you and i know you're on maternity leave but Uh but the team is available um with there are some some stock available in rabian ranches with a house and house team um is it okay just to give the website people can contact you guys yep houseandhouse.com if you search arabian ranches the whole team will come up there on the arabian ranches team um or yeah whatsapp us ring us whatever you want hannah darby thank you so much senior sales consultant in arabian ranches proud mama of the most adorable little boy who's going to get a squeeze from me in just a few minutes um if you've got any uh any details of the team just send me the word ranches be very happy to connect you it is afternoons with me helen farmer Welcome to your legal clinic, one of the busiest hours on your radio. And for good reason, we bring in the legal eagles to answer the questions that are on your mind. And today, of course, we're having a bit of a property special. Um, And joining us live, we've got Jasmine Stevenson from Lashwani Law Firm. And uh, tell you what. Buckle up for a busy one. How are you, Jasmine? Yes, doing very well, thank you. How are you, Helen? I'm really well, thank you. Tell us a little bit about the company, because I understand your CEO has got a pretty impressive legacy here in the UAE. Yes, most definitely. So our CEO is Ahmed Kashwani. He's actually one of the first lawyers to ever have been uh, registered here in the UAE. So we've actually been in business since 1986, and we specialise in pretty much all cases related to the UAE, civil law, criminal law, and obviously my speciality, which is real estate. I am sure you get the same questions over and over (laughs) again. And I know you're incredibly helpful, whether it's, you know, in WhatsApp or face to face. Um, I I mean, I have the legal clinic every week and I've certainly noticed patterns, especially in property. So what's keeping you busy right now, Jasmine? Yes, most definitely. So at the moment, we're seeing a lot of increases in contracts, um, MOUs being cancelled. So we have a lot of buyers or sellers signing agreements to purchase a property and then cancelling sort of last minute for a various number of reasons. Mm. Another things we have a lot of the time is because of COVID, the rental rates were actually a lot lower at one stage. So obviously, if you rented during COVID, you probably had a bit of a luckier outcome on your rent. And if you rent now, you know it's nearly double at the moment. So we're seeing a lot of issues between landlords and tenants, renewals, Ijari matters, trying to increase the rent, um, a lot of things going on in that sector with tenants as well as with landlords as well. Tenants not paying, um, a lot of issues ongoing, tenants not renewing their rentals, people leaving Dubai without informing the landlords. So we're dealing with a lot of common issues that pretty much affect everybody based in the UAE. You either rent here or you own here. Mm -hmm. So we pretty much cover everything and all of the issues that that the clients have they'll give us a call they'll send us a whatsapp we one run an expat legal helpline so we encourage people just to give us a phone call or give us a message so they can actually get some genuine legal advice mm-hmm. and all of our consultations are free of charge oh wow yes okay and they are right here as well 4001 saving you time to pick up your phone uh jasmine stevenson with us today um i as i said it's a busy one, so buckle up for um, for a busy, very busy hour indeed. Okay, sure. Um, so, should we get the text line? I have got a message here that came in just um, just earlier today. 
saying we've paid over 130,000 dirhams for our annual rent by bank transfer and the landlord said he didn't receive it. We showed him the email for his account and he said that it was not sent by him. He's threatened immediate eviction through court or pay again. So we've paid again, we've got a small child and cannot move now. What can we do? Both his bank and our bank will acknowledge the transfer of the money to the wrong account, but no one will take the blame. Okay, so I've actually had one of these cases previously before and pretty much the burden on the proof is on the landlord to prove where the email came from as well as the bank account it was sent to. So these matters, unless they can be resolved civilly between two parties, which is unlikely at this stage, you really need to open a civil case to get this resolved. Only a judge can resolve this. So what will happen is you'll open a civil case down in the Dubai courts or via us as a law firm. You do normally need a local lawyer to assist and represent you in these matters. But you do have an option to start with an RDC case, which is something that you can do as a layman or a litigant in person. Normally these cases get referred to the Dubai courts and what will happen is a judge will actually appoint an expert to look at your bank accounts, look at the emails, contact the bank and actually provide a complete overview of what has happened here. Mm. The burden on proof if it's on the landlord, if it's come from his email address, is to obviously prove that it's not from him. Um, in some instances the police can also be involved because we need to find out whose bank account that is but all of it can only be decided through um, a civil case basically at the Dubai courts and a judge will make that those options he'll hire the expert and you have to pay a small percentage fee which is five percent of the total amount you're claiming that's exactly what I was about to ask it. you because I'm like oh this sounds like it's you know labor intensive um here's a question for to the person and they might be listening now who got 130,000 dirhams landing in their account yes who are you who are you <laughs> come forward come buy me come come buy us some lunch um are they a criminal by accepting this money it really depends on the circumstances because obviously the email has been sent so there's been an element of fraud providing that bank account address so sometimes we actually have people hacking into people's emails sending over that email monitoring and then asking for the money to be to be sent to them but obviously this has to be proven by the police so you you also have the option to open a civil case and a criminal case in which you'll inform the police of all of this they're extremely helpful and they will also do their own investigations to find out exactly what's happened here and how this situation has occurred as well as the expert that the civil judge would appoint okay really good information and all the very best so first port of call to this listener in terms of getting this resolved is lodging that case with the civil court most definitely yes and obviously you would hire a lawyer to do that so we kind of take the ease off once you hire us as a law firm we you don't have to do anything further. We keep you updated as and when hearings occur and if we need any further documentation. But you can sort of put it aside, rest assured that we will obviously um, you know, deal with it on your behalf. Secondly, in regards to the case lodged where the landlord originally said he was going to evict the tenant for non-payment of rent, the landlord, it's on the landlord to actually open the legal case to that so at this stage they shouldn't have paid the double rent obviously it's a bit of pressure on you but you shouldn't have paid the double rent the landlord should needs to open a legal case to actually evict you and once the landlord opens that eviction case you would then present all of this evidence to show that you've paid your rent and then sometimes in my previous case it was actually down to the landlord to pursue the criminal matter because it was his email address Mm -hmm. it was an account linked to him it's the same email address on the tenancy contract which is the law so technically the tenant has done everything they legally need to do they are not in the wrong in any way shape 
shape or form. Really hope that helps um, and do keep us posted. With us today, uh, Jasmine Stevenson, if you've got any questions for her, reach out. We're just talking about MOUs. We've now got a uh, seller who has failed to come back and complete the handover. Uh, also had messages about build quality. Does a, does an owner need to uh, disclose any maintenance that's been carried out? Um, and yes, as suspected, lots of questions about being correctly or illegally kicked out of your rental property. It is all about the law on the show this afternoon. Jasmine Stevenson is with us from Lashwani Law Firm. She is, of course, talking property this afternoon, but can help with all sorts of expat legal matters, including wills and probates. So we will have her on to talk family law. Today, though, it is about buying, selling, renting, contracts, price increases, it looks like, on the tax line. Right, Jasmine, how do you feel about some quick-fire questions? Yeah, go for it. Let's do it. Okay. John says, we've got a serious issue with an unjustified service charge increases by the developer. Does your guest firm handle such cases as owners are planning to group up and seek legal redress? So unjustified service charge increases. Okay, sure. That's definitely something we could assist with, but I would need to see the documentation. So somebody in the group would need to have an original SPA. That's the first ever sales and purchase agreement. That details all of the rules, all of the, the clauses that the, the developer puts in. I mean... Doing a massive increase in service charges isn't something you can just charge overnight. It needs to be previously agreed and everybody needs to reach a mutual agreement. But I would need to check that that original SPA to see exactly what it says in there. Um, secondly, group group action is a little bit difficult here. Most normally you would need to either group together and create a company. It's very rare to see uh, you know individuals grouping together. It would be multiple different civil cases in, in the courts. Mm-hmm. But definitely send me over the SPA agreement and then I can reach out to you privately because it's more of a case-by-case basis and is a bit more specific to be able to answer in a couple of seconds without reviewing the documents. Tell you what John, just reply to me saying contact please and I will connect you guys offline so you can look into this further but um, but yes, you did the right thing by picking up your phone today. Um, no name on this message and you can of course get in touch on 4001 on the app or the WhatsApp with no name. You can make it anonymous. We understand whether we are talking about you know, family law or divorces and wills, pr- property today that sometimes things can be private or sensitive. Message here saying, our landlord is using a rental valuation to ask for a 30 to 50% increase, even though the rental calculator states no increase. Can they do that legally? And are the increases not limited to, you know, 5, 10, 15, the maximum 20? Um, So... That seems a pretty bold request. Yes, definitely. I mean, the thing is here, anyone could ask for anything. And if you mutually agree <laughs> it, um, you know, of course, it's a mutual agreement. But legally, no, no one can increase the rent by 50%. So the maximum you can increase your rent by here is 20%. And that's based on a calculation. So if the landlord is requesting that, the best thing for you to do is go down to the RDC or contact us and we can do it for you. Um, go down to the RDC, lodge a copy of your tenancy contract, a copy of your Ajari, and you can file a case. And the RDC will actually pass a judgment confirming exactly what the rental increase is. You can pay the RDC courts your rent. You no longer have to have that one-on-one correspondence with your landlord and it cuts out all of the nonsense and him messaging you and asking for demands and then demanding you move out um, and, you know, random illegal uh, requests really. But yeah, the best thing to do is head down to the RDC by the Dubai Land Department and you can also explain the issue to them there. It's completely free. Sometimes you pay a small service charge to lodge your case, but it's pretty much the best way to get something 
resolved if you want to do it in person. Mm -hmm. If you want to hire a lawyer to take out, you know, that middleman and you don't have the time, then you can obviously contact us. And we deal with RDC cases as well every day. So it's open to your choice. Can I just ask then, in terms of um, behaviour patterns in landlords, if this has been requested, they get the RDC in touch and saying, Do you know what, that's not going to happen, but here's the check for the next year. Mm -hmm. Is it quite common for them to go, and here is your eviction notice? Mm, sometimes. It really depends on the landlord, to be honest. But all the landlords need to be aware of that an eviction notice is actually... Although they are normally legal, they're not always enforceable. So at the end of the day, it's just a piece of paper. It's a formality. If you don't agree with that eviction notice, the landlord has to actually open a court case and only a judge can decide if you need to be evicted or not. Now, obviously, it's a case by case basis. But what we see a lot of the time is a landlord requesting to remove a tenant for personal use. Mm. Now, a lot of the time, the landlord isn't actually intending to move into the property. So if the landlord has more than two or three properties, he has to prove to the judge, I'm evicting this tenant because I'm going to move into it. How do you now, prove that? Well, it's obviously nearly impossible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really difficult. You have to prove that you've got this many family members under your visa, that you need a property of this size and this many bedrooms. Mm -hmm. And if you can't prove that, sometimes it's not actually enforced. Um, a second issue that we have a lot is the landlords trying to enforce eviction notices and tenants not actually knowing that you don't actually need to move out. If you're, if you're a nice tenant and you've got a nice landlord and it's all mutually agreed, then yeah, that's fine. You can head on off. But if there's a bit of conflict there or you're not really 100% sure if what he's asking is legal, it's once again another court case and the judge actually decides if you have to vacate. So he'll decide if the legal notice is actually valid. A lot mm. of people don't know that just sending it by email is not legal. It has to be posted on your door and served to you directly. The uh, legal notice has to be also in your language. So at the moment it can't just be in Arabic, which is what it used to be a few years ago. It's got to be in the language of where you're from because obviously you need to be able to understand it. A random document on your door in a language you don't understand is obviously not, not understandable to anybody. Mm -hmm. So there's quite a few legalities that actually make the legal notice invalid often, um, as well as the fact that only a judge once again can decide if you have to leave or not. So you don't have to feel pressured to actually move out on that date. Another important point to make is which also a lot of landlords, clients that I've had have come to me, that they don't know is once you evict a tenant because you're not happy with the rental amount, if you say you're renting the property for personal use or you're going to sell the property and you don't yeah um, and then an advert pops up on oh it. yeah like oh that's our house <laughs> exactly they, they said so, they were going to live in it yeah you're like oh okay what's that all about mm. so basically if that happens you can actually sue the landlord for up to three times your new rental amount Whoa. because the judges come down pretty hard on people using the law to technically illegally evict someone um, the landlord has to use it for personal use or sell it within two years he's not allowed to re-rent it out in those two years so if that has happened to you then you can easily get a copy of the new Ajari online and you can actually prove that the property has been re-rented or it hasn't been sold and you can actually claim compensation for an illegal eviction. Okay, great information. We've got so many questions coming in for you, Jasmine. We're going to get through as many as we can. Plus, I'm going to be telling you how you could be storing an instant pot to hook you up this holiday season on the food front. We're saving your countertop space. We're saving your money. We're saving your time. And of course, helping you out with some amazing, amazing advice from Jasmine Stevenson. If you want her details, send me the word law. I'd be very happy to connect you. As I said, there's only so much we can get through in, in terms of the show. Um, and I know some of you might feel more comfortable contacting privately. So send me the, the word law on the SMS and I will send that your way. We have got the latest headlines now on Dubai I 103.8. We're broadcasting live from Arabian Ranchers Golf Club and it's very nice to sit in the sun. Pleasure to have you with us this afternoon.
Jasmine Stevenson with us today from Kashwani Law Firm on hand to answer my questions, but most importantly yours. The text lines are open. Phone lines are open if you fancy a chat, and we're going to try and help as many people as possible um, on all things property law. No name on this one, and you can be anonymous, saying, I want to buy a ready apartment in the secondary market. The owners only paid 12% and subsequently defaulted on payments. My real estate agent says that I should pay the developer on behalf of the owner the pending instalment and late payment fee and service charges. The developer will issue an NOC in 48 hours and the owner will transfer the unit to me. Is this standard practice? I do not feel safe. Is this standard practice? I mean, it's not a standard practice, but it is something that is done often. So basically, you just need to be aware of the fact that we would always provide a side contract with the seller, which sort of puts down everything that you are intending to do so I believe that you need to pay between 30 to 35% off to actually be able to transfer the property um, that's the minimum amount that needs to be paid by somebody. Um, in this case you would normally do a form F with your broker and then you would have a side agreement with somebody like us like a law firm um, a mutual agreement that confirms exactly what this payment is for and how it's going to be covered you just need to be aware of the risk the fact of the matter is that in this instance you know the property is still in the seller's name. If the seller turns around and chooses to not transfer it to your name you will have to open a civil case against him to actually enforce that or to get your money back so you just really need to you know weigh up the risks and decide if it's something you're willing to take if it's a good unit and you know you're getting on well with the seller and you know both parties are willing to sign this side contract and it looks enforceable then that would be fine but we would always advise you to come to a law firm to have a look at all of the documents and make sure that we do a solid watertight contract that protects your investment okay really hope that uh, that helps put your, your mind at ease and answer any questions but as I said if you want Jasmine's details just send me the word law okay to the text line we go which has been talking about rental increases there saying hi the landlord and I the tenant renewed the lease and I agreed to a 5% increase even though as per the index there was no legal increase allowed the landlord has tried to tell me he wanted to increase by 20% Long story short, a month after renewing, the landlord sent me an eviction notice from Dubai Courts, the reason maintenance work, with, a, with 12 months notice. I'm aware that it's simply a game to get me out as he wants to rent at a higher price. He didn't provide a full plan for renovation. What do I do? I mean, sure, I'm sure he wanted to increase by 20%. Who doesn't? <laughs> Um, so in this instance, I mean, the 5% agreement is not something you had to agree to. But as I said previously, if you both mutually agree to increase the rent, then that's fine. That's no problem. Um, in terms of the eviction notice, now, when it comes to the 12 months, if you choose to not move out, like I said, the landlord has to actually enforce that notice. It's, it's essentially just a formality. It's a piece of paper. So the landlord would have to open a civil case against you in the courts, and he would then have to prove to the judge that he is actually genuinely going to do the renovations. But the renovations can't just be for fun because you fancy a new kitchen. Mm, They've got to be essential, essential works. works that need to be done. So that burden of proof is all on the landlord. And if I was you, I would just stay in the property, drag it on the next 12 months, and then wait for him to open the court case, get yourself a lawyer and represent you, and it's on him as burden of proof to prove that he really needs these essential works. Okay. You can also go to the municipality and you can actually get a report for around 2,000 dirhams, which can prove what works need to be done in the unit, and they can actually provide a you know a report that legally says whether or not essential works need to be done mm. so I would actually get that in hand um, just in case because that's a court document that you can use to prove that actually there aren't any essential work that needs to be done and it's something that's recognized by the Dubai courts that's really good advice really hope that helps and all the very best which brings us really neatly onto this message saying we're currently looking at buying a property in Dubai and I've heard before the area we're looking at has had some issues with build quality 
Um, does the current owner need to disclose what maintenance he's carried out up until that point? And are there any companies you can hire to go and check the build quality before we go any further? My husband thinks as luck of the draw varies from unit to unit. Um, any advice for nervous first-time Dubai buyers? Uh, yes, most definitely. I mean, you can always hire a private contractor, which really is the best practice. Um, as you know, once you buy a property, you do get a valuation, but that doesn't actually look into the litty gritty of the property in the unit. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, your husband is probably right. It is really luck of the draw. Different units have different issues, um, and that just comes along with the territory of, of, of buying something. So yeah, hire a private contractor, somebody that you know. You can hire up to three and get a report and then go forward. Also have a look at the original SP if anybody can get their hands on one because that includes damages and issues and how you can claim if there are um, maintenance issues inside of the property but yeah it definitely is something that you can hire a private contractor for to get an honest opinion and I would go one or two and somebody that you trust that's going to give you an honest opinion not just somebody who's um, the, the seller who's trying to sell you the property or the developer yes exactly we want no agenda <laughs> yes correct impartial no cousins <laughs> <laughs> um, Jasmine I've had a lot of people asking for your details so if it's if that's okay with you if someone sends me the word law um, I will share your email address is that yes, okay fantastic definitely. and then into the new year we'll come on and we can talk about wills and probate and a lot of the other questions you get that pop up in, in expat times. Yeah, most definitely. In the meantime, though, I've just seen your Christmas itinerary. You're going to be a very busy woman indeed over the next <laughs> couple of weeks. So we'll see you on the other side. Fantastic. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you Helen. so much. And thank you for downloading this episode of the Afternoons with Helen Farmer podcast. Don't forget, you can subscribe. You'll get direct to your phone as soon as it's out. And you can listen to me live on Dubai Eye 103.8, Monday to Friday between 2 and 5 p.m. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.